Good morning, White Oak Christian Church. How are we this morning? I was actually thinking you might give me a little bit more than you gave Andy, but that's all right. I'm not going to make you do it again. I'm not going to make you do it again. I normally would, but I won't. I won't this morning. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the room. Soak it in. Enjoy it this morning. All right. Take it throughout the rest of uh, the day and then, you know, pack your bags 364 till we get back here, fellas. So you just take it while you got it. All right. Um, my name is Richie Jackson, and we are in week three of our series, Growing Up. Uh, in this series, we are exploring um, what happens in our lives when, when Jesus begins to just make his way instead of us making our own way. And, and we've been talking about how important it is to recognize that we can't really make these things happen. We can't make all of these fruits of the Spirit and the boxes that you see here. We can't make them happen. They happen when the Holy Spirit does something in us. When Holy Spirit starts moving in us because we're growing closer to Jesus, that's when, that's when the Spirit starts to move, all right? That's when we start to see these things come out in our lives. These are, these are traits and these are characteristics. These are observations that we might see in ourselves. These are observations we might see in other people that tell us that they are growing closer to Jesus, all right, we've been in this passage that Paul writes in, uh, in the book of Galatians, in the letter that he writes to the church of Galatia, but it's chapter, uh, chapter 5. We're going to pick it up in verse 22. We're going to hop right in here. It says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. And these are the things that Holy Spirit sees pushing in our lives when we are engaging with Jesus. Holy Spirit's doing something in us. He's doing it in us. We see more of these things. These are positive traits that Paul is ascribing to fruit. Why? Because fruit is refreshing. Fruit is good. It's healthy. Everybody loves a delicious strawberry. Everybody. Everybody wants the pink one, right? You, want, you get a, some type of candy, you want the pink one because it's delicious. Strawberries are good, all right? But listen, when we are growing up in Jesus, we will not have uh, a basket of just bananas or just strawberries. We're going to have a fully diverse basket. It's going to be a growing larger and larger and larger basket, and that's what our lives will begin to look like. Right? That's why he has this positive association with fruits, lots of different kinds of fruit. All right? and, and we're seeing this in a maturing believer. All right? As we surrender more and more of ourselves to Jesus, we see more and more of these traits coming out in our lives. This is to say that when we are growing with Jesus, when we are learning to love like Jesus, all right, when we're doing those things, we would also expect to see our patience increasing. We would see gentleness and self-control coming out because they grow together. When, when we are learning to trust Jesus and our faithfulness is being put to the test and we are watching that happen, our hope for the joy that is coming, it will trump the circumstances of our day, right? And, and we will see our ability to be kind to others, be recognized, we see it in ourselves, other people see it in us, and then at the same time, we're then able to give more peace to other people because the Spirit is moving all of these things in the baskets of our lives. We become more noticeably fruitful when we are growing closer to Jesus. So growing up kind of just means that our fruit basket of sorts is out there for people to see, and it is out there for other people to pick up, eat, enjoy, and then ask questions about. 
Now, the big idea that we're going to talk about this morning is that if we want more peace, we need to grow up. If we want more peace, we need to grow up. And that's because I need to really become more mature. I have a friend of mine who, who has this mantra that he says that getting old is inevitable, but growing up is a choice. And I have kind of chosen that as something that makes sense to me because as I get older, my body hurts in different ways when I do different activities. Um, but my mind and my spirit, they remain young. I'm not giving in. But I will tell you that God must know where my testing grounds are. And one of those testing grounds is the drive through lane at McDonald's. <laughs> I'm going to share a story just, and I'm not, I want you to, I'm not proud of this story. I'm just telling you this story so that you know that you are looking at a really flawed dude up here right now, all right? I don't eat a lot of McDonald's. I'm, I'm, we mostly eat McDonald's after my daughter's soccer games, um, and she can absolutely house a couple plain, you know, cheeseburgers. Um, she loves them, so we stop there, and we get her a couple cheeseburgers. And um, so th this is about a month and a half ago. We are uh, coming back from a game over in northern Kentucky, and we stop at the, um, the McDonald's on North Bend Road. Now, if you've been to that McDonald's, um, it, it, it's one of the worst McDonald's around, um, so go somewhere else. But, but it, if you get in that line, it, it bends around there. And it's one of those McDonald's that has like the two laners, so you kind of get in a single file line, and then you get to a point where there is an inside lane and an outside lane. And I am one car before that choice has to be made. I'm one car before that choice has to be made. And this is the point where, and I have my whole family with me. The whole family's there. And, and, and they're at the point where you're like, dad is like looking over his shoulder going, what do you want? What do you want? Just tell me what you want. I'm going to have to order in a minute. And I'm, I'm kind of tense. I'm getting everybody's order down and I'm in my head. And I'm just waiting for the blue car in front of me to pick. Are you going to go outside or inside? And then I'll get to determine whether or not I win because if I can get through first, then I obviously win. And right when, right when I get the order, this car flies around the outside. Mind you, I'm not at the end of the line. There's like five cars behind me. We're backed up almost all the way to North Bend. And this car comes flying around and just pulls into the outside lane. And I explode. I mean, I explode. My, my brain is just on, on overdrive. I'm like, you self-absorbed punk. This, this, this young group of people, these young people, they have no respect. They're line cutters. There's nothing worse than a line cutter. There's nothing worse than a line cutter. Cutting in line says your time is more valuable than everybody else's time. Thank you for living in our world. Thank you. Right, so I am putting the window down because I'm, I'm, I just want to yell. I just want to yell. <laughs> I'm putting the window down, and Melissa's like, what are you doing? I'm going to tell him he is a self-absorbed punk, you know? And she's like, don't do that. And then I almost started to, like, open the door so I could yell. But I, it's almost like she locked the window from her seat over there. And, and, I'm, and I'm just so upset. I'm so upset. Finally, I half calmed down. And, um, and then the weirdest thing happened. Imagine my surprise when... Um, because the line cutter took the outside lane, the blue car was like, well, my obvious choice now is to go inside. So I now get outside lane. And you know, when you get an outside lane, there's a perfect little angle where you can kind of see the driver in front of you. Imagine my surprise when I saw grandma in there. Can I tell you, I mean, I'm talking 75 years old plus silver hair. I mean, grandma just cut the line. My self-absorbed millennial was grandma. I'm like, golly, that's the silent generation, and she is hungry. I mean, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, now, I want, I'm telling you this story because what was running through my head was not peace. And it was very embarrassing as we pulled out back onto North Bend Road and then subsequently onto 74 to head back out here to Ross. It was, it was a little embarrassing to just apologize to my kids and my wife because I let something so insignificant get me so rattled. So I tell you that because if I want more peace, I need to grow up. If we want more peace, we're going to have to grow up. So just before the passage that we just read in Galatians, Paul writes these words. And this is that opposite group of things that we begin to see when we let our sinful desires and our sinful nature take over. He says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Now, that's quite a difference. It's quite a difference between that first list that we had and the second list. Now, I'm, I'm focusing on peace here this morning, so my eyes become drawn to uh, hostility, quarreling, um, outburst of anger. And I wish when that Line cunning grandma made her move. I wish that my heart was thinking, man, how could I encourage her right now? Like, great move. You know? <laughs> I, 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 I wish I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I know that she, she needs this time. I, I wish, but I, I, I didn't. What was, what was my head was thinking is like, you're really, you need to get that heart attack in a bag to somebody really quick. And, and so we, but we see this, right? I mean, we see selfishness and we see pleasure and we see our own prides. We see these acts every day. We live in a pretty jacked world. We really do. We live in a, a very broken place. Um, right is now wrong, and, and you're really not even allowed to call wrong wrong anymore. That, that wouldn't be a good thing to do. And, and, and we're getting really, really good at pointing fingers at everybody else and saying they're the problem. You know, if those people over there would just get with the game, they would start to see it. And, and I think we're missing something. We're missing an opportunity to say, you know, there may be things out there that we can't really change and we may not have to agree with that, but like we can start changing. And then maybe, maybe the world starts to change when, when we start to change, right? You know, I'm thinking here that we have the opportunity to, to own ourselves. You see, we can't just run around and say, man, if they would just act like grown-ups, you know, if you would just start growing up, this world would be a better. Somebody just has to say, we're going to be the grown-ups. We're going to be the grown-ups. So we don't need to keep pointing. We just need to say, hey, listen, we've all participated. We've all participated in the brokenness that we're all experiencing. Some of us more actively than others, and some of us just do it very passively. We do it passively by, by just staying silent in the midst of evil. But we're all participating, and we've all helped create this, whether we like it or not. But for our own benefit, for the benefit of the people that we know and love, and to the pleasure of our great God, it is time to grow up. So... I am inviting everyone in this room, I'm inviting anybody that is listening and watching online, we have an opportunity today to begin to grow up. I think there are three opportunities as it pertains to peace, and these are the three we're going to focus on. The first thing is, is that we need peace. You and I, we need peace. 
right? It is a daily struggle. Some of us have hourly struggles with some type of disturbance that is hitting your life, that is taking you into a level of stress and chaos that just puts you into that funk, right? Secondly, we must be peace. We must be peace. Jesus established the church so that we could collectively display peace for other people to see, experience, come near to, right? White Oak Christian Church must be the type of place where our friends and our neighbors know that they can come and find peace. And finally, we need to live like Jesus. He left us a path to peace. It is our obligation as followers of Jesus to start living like Jesus and leave pathways to peace as we live our lives. You and I need it. We need to be it, okay? And then we must give peace. We must give peace. So what's that look like? What's that look like? We're going to start in uh, another letter that Paul writes. We're going to look in uh, uh, Philippians. We're going to look in chapter 4. Many of you guys have probably read these couple verses before. It's verses uh, 6 and 7. I'm going to teach you one one of my little tricks. One of my little tricks is sometimes when I want to dig in deep on a uh, uh, passage, I will read it in reverse, okay? And so we are going to read chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We're just going to read 7 first, and then we're going to read 6. Let's see what we find here. It says this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds, any, sorry, uh, which exceeds anything we can understand. This peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That sounds good. It just sounds good to me, okay? Something that guards my heart, guards my mind. I, wanna, I feel like that's the best kind of peace, right? Like it, it, it seems that whatever peace I might have, I have a great imagination, by the way. I can come up with all kinds of silly and fun things in here. I can come up with really peaceful things. And the idea that God has a way of giving me peace that exceeds my expectation, I feel like that's something I should lean in on. I feel like it's something I should be paying attention to. Something that we can't even compare with, that's the type of peace that Paul's talking about. The type of peace that guards our hearts, the type of peace that guards our mind, our own personal peace protector, delivering and exceeding expectations. If this were a product, we would buy it, a lot of it. But the verse starts with the word then. So if this is something that we would agree is, like, is, is worthwhile, how, if that's the then, what's the if? Let's look at verse 6. So this is what we have to do in order to get that. But don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. You see, if we want peace, it's time for us to stop worrying about everything. Anybody here just exhausted from the worries and stress that you put on yourselves trying to fix this world? Yeah. We're all guilty of it, but like this is what's happening, right? Some of us wouldn't know what to do if we released our worries. Some of us have made our identities about fixing the worries. But it's not just that we stop, got to stop worrying. We also have to replace those worries with prayer. Pray about anything. Are you worried? Pray about it. Something going on at work? Pray about it. A friend pop into your head that you know something's going on, pray for them. Something good happened in your life, thank you, right? Thank you. Pray about everything. And I know some of you are thinking to yourself, well, he's God. Like, 
you know, he, he why, you know, why would I, I, he knows everything that's going on. Why, why do I have to like invite him into this conversation? Because he's not a rude God. Okay, this is Father's Day. But, but the parents in the room, how many times have you seen your child off into the distance and you've seen them working through something? You see them struggling through something. There's a lesson that's learning here. Maybe the lesson is they don't know how to do it. Maybe the lesson is, is they're not gonna be able to do it. But you're observing them. You're watching them. You're seeing what's happening. It's unfolding. And you see them struggling. Maybe they're starting to sweat. They're getting frustrated. They're looking around. They're looking for help. You know what a dad wants? Do you know what a good father wants? A good father wants that child who he loves and adores and will do anything for them. A good father just wants that son, wants that daughter to turn around and go, Dad, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about this subject matter? Like, I, I love your input here. You see, that's the type of father we have, you know, and that's a type of father that when you're done, you say, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for helping me out. Thank you for what you're doing that I'm not yet even aware of. Man, dad, you're so good. You're so, I'm, thank you. Thank you. So we have a way to find peace. We are going to release our worries. We will replace those worries with prayer. We're going to tell God what we need because we need him. And then we're going to thank him. He's a good good dad and he's got you and he's got your best interests at heart but he wants you to want him as much as he wants you i know it's weird but that's what he really wants but when we do that simple formula when we do that simple formula listen the the there's going to be a reduction in the anxiety level in our lives there's going to be a reduction in the stress the worries that once captured us they seem to just not be as important right because that's what happens Something supernatural happens when we surrender ourselves and our pride to get it done and worry about it and fix it ourselves when we surrender it and say, Dad, I need you. I need you. Will you help me out here? This is what I need. Release the worries. Replace it with a prayer. Tell God what's going on and thank him. Listen. Learn the formula, live the formula, give the formula, boom, voila, all of you are now peace teachers. I permission you to go give all that away, all right? I, that is go, go and do that, right? We have a model now for finding some personal peace because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and allow us to live and then give away. We have a model for getting that. Now we have the obligation to be peace, right? We talked about that. We want to be peace. We're going to look at another passage that Paul writes in, in Colossians 3, verse 15. It says this, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body... You are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I just want to point out one thing here. While we talk about peace, I want to point out that Paul is always linking gratefulness and thankfulness. There's something really connected with our lives and our ability to experience peace that have to do with gratitude. All right, just I, I don't want to go past that without recognizing it. All right, in verses 12 and 13 and 14, we see Paul actually use similar metaphoric language as he talks about, like, not the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, but he's talking about clothing themselves. He's talking about clothing themselves in mercy and kindness and gentleness and patience, being graceful and forgiving other people. All right, living like that is the type of way where peace begins to rule in our hearts. For as members, Paul says, as members, what are we members of? 
We're members of bands and we're members of, of football teams. We're, we're members of, 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 of maybe student councils and maybe we're members of, of corporate boards. We're members of golf clubs. Um, we're members of the boosters, moms clubs and PTAs. And what are these members doing? Well, they're doing something that is identifiable based upon what that group is gathering for. Bands make music. Members of the music, right? Well, what do student councils and corporate boards do? They offer and they give guidance. Members of a golf club lose golf balls. Okay? Boosters support the team. Members of mom clubs, they just don't mess with the kids. They just sharpen their claws. That's what moms do. They sharpen their claws, don't mess with the kids, all right? Moms are out there. They're going to protect everybody, right? But if we are members of the body of Christ, as represented here as White Oak Christian Church, what do we do? We are called to be a place of peace. When people enter this place, when people enter your home, when they see us gather, when they see us play, do they want to be a part of it? Do they want to experience what we are experiencing? I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that we're not doing a great job of it. I think the evidence of building this building, putting together a place where we are talking about how Jesus changes our lives, how he sacrificed himself for every single one of us here today, I'm telling you right now, I think we're doing a great job of it. But sometimes I think we do a good job of it without any intentionality. I'm saying and suggesting that we have the opportunity to be intentionally peaceful as we walk through this world. We want this community. We want our teammates. We want our classmates. We want our friends, neighbors. We want everybody to know that this place is a place where the community can come and find love and grace and rest and peace. Because that's what Jesus asked us to do. That's what Jesus asked us to do. We're now two steps into a three-step process. We have a formula for kind of finding some peace. We are going to be more intentional with the way that we are going to display peace as members of the Jesus movement. All right, now it's time to take that final step. We've got to give some peace. The New Testament is littered, littered with calls for us to live our lives like Jesus. And try, we will fail for sure is definitely coming our way, but we've got to try. We've got to keep trying. We've got to pick up our cross and walk because that's what Jesus asked us to do. Husbands, he asked us to love our wives the way that he loved his church. Do you know what he did for his church, husbands? He sacrificed it all. That's the way you're supposed to love your wife. You know, he, he, he tells us that we are supposed to love our enemies. That is hard. He's telling us to pray for people that don't even like us. But we're supposed to live like him. You know why? Because that is a way that this world becomes more peaceful because we actively engage in this process. We're going to look at chapter 14 in John. Now, John's a friend of Jesus, arguably his best friend. He likes to let people know, like, I'm the beloved one, but you can find that in, in there. Um, but in, 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 in chapter 14, you know, it, it's a, it, there's a lot in there. We find Jesus saying, trust me, don't be afraid. This is, this is chapter 14 is where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, right? He tells Philip that if he has seen him, Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he promises us, he promises us Holy Spirit. 
Listen to what it says in verse 27. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Remember, remember what Paul said, right? I want you, what, what did Paul say? Peace that guards your hearts and guards your minds. This is now Jesus saying this. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. He's preparing to take the cross. He is flooding the people that he loves with the assurances that they need, even if they don't know it or recognize it at this moment yet. You see, he's talking to a broken world, people like you and me, with our baggage and our guilt, right? With things that we have to worry about and pain to hide. 2,000 years ago, things weren't all that much different than they are right now. A bunch of broken people that needed some peace. And in the middle of that chaos, Jesus says, I have a gift for you. And this is a world that, that isn't going to give you what I'm going to give you. The world's going to give you what it has. More pain, more chaos, more questions, and I don't want that for you. I want to give you peace. I want to give you peace. You see, if we want more peace, we're going to have to grow up. We're going to have to grow up. And that means that you and I are going to have to do something this week, this month. We're going to have to set ourselves to say, what can we do to be a part of this? You see, I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what your life looks like. But I know there's a few people that need that same gift that Jesus has given us. I know it. I know it. There's, there's somebody here that has a friend. And they're in a meaningless pursuit of that peewee baseball championship. Okay? Somebody here has, um, has a friend or maybe a daughter that is so wrapped up in, in what they look like because that's what the world is telling them matters. And there's nobody saying, let's talk about what really matters. Somebody here has a family member that can't stop screaming at the television and doesn't see the value of turning it off. Somebody here has a friend that has too many things on their to-do list can't even see their own need for peace. Somebody here has a husband that is tearing himself apart because he's trying to regain the trust of his family. Somewhere here, there's a mom sitting with so many things on her to-do list, stressed to her limits, trying to hold it all together. Somebody here is listening to everything I just said and says, man, I'm not anywhere on that list. I'm not, you know what? You're on the list. You just don't know it, all right? We're all here, right? What do we all have in common? We all have this thing in common. We have a need for this gift that Jesus offers. He, he gives us that peace. And, and we are pursuing things of little value. We care about people's opinions that don't really matter or even care about us. We scream at televisions. We live in fear because they told us to. You know, we are not listening to the voice that wants to give us the gift that will give us the life we really want. We wonder if Jesus can really actually forgive us so we don't try to forgive ourselves. We need this peace. I want you to have this peace, but more than me wanting you to have it, Jesus wants to give you this gift. We have to have it for ourselves. Before you can give anything to somebody else, you must own it. You must have some peace. The type of peace that exceeds our understanding, the type of peace that we all want, it's better than what you can imagine, what you can think of. If you're right now the one out there saying, no, 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 too much peace here, too much peace, you give the peace to somebody else, they can use it more than me, you're lying. 
you're lying. We all want the type of peace that is going to guard our hearts, guard our minds, prepare us for tomorrow. So what are we going to do? We're going to release those worries. We're going to replace them with prayer. We are going to tell God what we need, and we are going to thank him because he's a good dad, and he can't wait to get engaged in your life. Then we're going to gather with other people that, that are thinking like us, that are preparing like us, right? We want the same things. So come here every week. Come here every week. Let's be a part of making this a peace community. Gather with people that want the same things. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Well, be a part of that blessing. And then start giving that blessing. Give it to other people. You, you have been called to live like Jesus and to love radically in a way that he did. So be the blessing, be the peacemaker, give it to other people. And when we live as a, as a community of people that are known by his name and we start living like that, don't be surprised when people are like, you are so full of fruit. You, you know, Jungle Jim's fruit section ain't got nothing on White Oak Christian Church because that's the way we need to live. That's what we're going to let the Holy Spirit do in our lives. That's, the what, that's what's going to happen. Now, I think, I think some of us right now are thinking, like, that sounds really good. But I want you to know there's an alternative. You can make a choice. You can do whatever you want with this, right? You know, I'm going to ask you to think about what you would want. Now, you get to eat. You, I'm going to give you two options. You can eat option A every day for the rest of your life, or you can have option B, all right? And I, I'm telling you right now, option A might sound kind of good on the front side, but option B might, might actually present a little bit better long-term results. But let's just see what happens here. Let's start with our Halloween bag of junk over here, all right? Lustful pleasures and sexual immorality. How about some, how about some Coca-Cola? Anybody ever seen the little, like, you can you go to YouTube and, and watch them put a penny in a, in a two liter of Coca-Cola and see what happens to the penny after a couple weeks. It completely erodes it away. There is no more penny. Don't drink that Coke, by the way. But, okay, Coca-Cola. You got idolatry and sorcery. Put the, some more McDonald's in there. Hostility and quarreling. Give me some candy. Jealousy and anger, represented by hot sauce, obviously, Okay. <laughs> selfishness, put in your favorite fried food. And man, don't we all love chicken wings deep fried, right? How about some division and dissension, some Doritos and Ruffles with lots of trans fats and you know, then there's envy, and, uh, envy and, and drunkenness, you know, put in your sugary drink or your a cocktail of choice and you just have that every single day for the rest of your life. Or you can pick up a basket of fruit. Strawberries are love. Blueberries are joy. Peaches are peace. Oranges are patience. Bananas, as represented by, you know, kindness and goodness is kiwi. Faithfulness is, is pineapples and gentleness is apples. And self-control is grapes. You have to pick. You've got to pick one. You don't get to float back and forth. I want a little bit of this. I want, you got to make a choice. Which one is better for you? And then, you know what? Before I said, I said, you got to make a choice for you. But now, you know, that's, that's too easy. You got to make a choice for you, the people that you love most, your children, your parents, the people that are going to see your living testimony. They have to see one or the other, and we have to choose. You can choose that Halloween junk bag. You can pour hot sauce on every environment that you come into. You can eat fried food every day of the week. You can do all of that, but we know what's going to happen. 
We know what's going to happen. We're going to have all kinds of health issues. We're going to have heart attacks, heartburn, heart disease. We're going to have sluggishness, and we're going to have a reduced mental focus. We're not going to be who God made us to be. Or you can choose to pick up that fruit and live it and give it. And know that when you are giving it, you are not leading that person. You are not leading yourself. You're not leading your children. You're not leading your wife. You're not leading them further down a place where the Coca-Cola of this world erodes them away. You are giving them something that will bring them life, hydrate them, and give them a better future. My friends, as members of the Jesus movement, we have the opportunity to give this world everything the world's giving us, and we will be nowhere. We will be complaining, we'll be pointing fingers, but we can give them a refreshing alternative. We can give them something that we know that they need. We can give them something that God gifted us. We can do that, and we can do that, and we can make our lives a plentiful basket for others to pick from, to enjoy, and to say, man, that tastes good. Where did you get that? Let me tell you where I got that. I got that from a God that loves me, that died for me, and I want you to know that he wants to give you more fruit. Can he give you some more fruit? You see, we can act like children, and we can eat candy all day long, but if we want more peace, we got to grow up. we got to grow up. Leave the sugar rush to somebody else. Be wise. Grow up. Grab some fruit. Pray with me. Father God, you are good and you, um, and you want good for us. And um, today as we celebrate Father's Day, every day is your day. So every day is our Father's Day. Thank you for letting today just be one of those days where we can just say thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, we have lots of needs in this room. Lord, I pray that right now you would just go into the hearts and minds of the people in this room and feel their needs, experience their needs, and let them know that with love and compassion, you have a desire to be with them through whatever they are dealing with. I pray, Lord, that those needs that they have right now, Lord, that you are coming near to them, but I also pray that as you are coming near to them, that they would feel your presence and begin to just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being a good dad. Thank you, God, for just wanting to be with me. Thank you for making me something I can't be on my own. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for changing me into something that's better than I can imagine. It's in Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.